Hello, Sarah. Hello, Kim. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Can I just do a little brag? <gasps> Please do. Yes. I finished my first semester as an EDD <gasps> student. I did. It was the end of your first semester. Yay! Yes, yes. Hey. So, oh, how does that feel? Such a weight lifted off my shoulders. You Not feel older bad, and wiser. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely something to get through. You are one semester smarter than you were. I guess so. But I don't want to dwell on that because we have another awesome guest. I can't believe the guests we're getting on here. It's so great. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> so oh, without further ado... Welcome, Mercy Best. Hi, how's it going? We're well, so going excited well. that you're here. I know it's it's great now that you're here. We're very Aww. we're very excited. Thank you, thank you. I'm excited to be here. So, Mercy, we learned about you because I actually was through a Charlottesville Business Innovation Council message, or you know, it was in their newsletter about a CE2 event, which I can't remember what that CE stands for, <laughs> but. <laughs> It was an event where you are talking about this thing you founded called Steam Kit X. And of course, I see Steam Kit and I'm getting all excited. And then I, <laughs> you know, clicked on the link and it looked really cool. Unfortunately, I couldn't attend that event, but I thought we have to have you on the podcast. You're here in Charlottesville. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you're doing this awesome thing. So can you first um, tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into what you founded. Yes. So hi, everyone listening on to the podcast. Um, my name is Mercy Best, and I'm actually a graduate student in my fourth year at the University of Virginia studying Alzheimer's disease, but I am also the founder of Steam Kits. So a lot of people also say Steam Kit X, and I love that, um, but we did try to just combine it into one phrase. So we have that science, technology, engineering, arts, and math that makes our Steam, and then we're making these physical hands-on learning tools that we call our kit. And so bringing that together, we have Steam Kit. And all right, so, all right. I'll do, I'll do it right from now on. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I was able to, you know, be the featured entrepreneur at the Charlottesville Entrepreneurs and Espresso. So I think that's how they get the CE2 because it's like two E's and one C. There we um, go. Thank and, you. <laughs> and they were able to feature me um, along with the more seasoned entrepreneur. And there I was able to just kind of tell everybody about the work that we're doing in the community and also brainstorm um, different opportunities and really just get the name out there, get the vision out there, and then really hear back from the community and see how we can best fit a lot of people's needs at once. Very cool. Well, also congratulations on getting through a semester. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I'm at that weird stage where I don't have coursework to kind of ground me on like, okay, we're making progress. I'm just kind of in the lab, like doing different experiments, having experiments fail, and then kind of moving on from there. <laughs> well, driving your own train, right? Yes, you are, you exactly. are the master of your fate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yay, yay. And Sarah, I didn't mean to leave you out. Do you have any um, updates real quickly? No, not really. The, you know, the winter, as the winter season comes and learning is changing and COVID is changing and all the things are happening. I'm just, I'm just holding on. All right. All yeah. Right. <laughs> check in with, check in with me in a few weeks. It's yeah, been a long day. You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So Mercy, I looked up the steam kits Yes. and you, it looks like this is a very much a family affair. 
Yes. So not only do I get to work with an awesome team that has expertise in education, they also happen to share, many of them share my last name. Um, (laughs) It's really cool to kind of see how we can all bring our unique interests. So I'm not the only scientist in my family, although I am the first. Um, my sister is trailing behind me as a computer scientist. She just got her, she's Woo-hoo. in the process of finishing up her master's in computer science. That's so awesome. Yeah. And then my mom, she's um, joining you, Kim, as an EDD student, um, virtually online through Grand Canyon University. And she has over 20 years of experience in the classroom as an administrator, also as a teacher. And now she's working, you know, virtually at home, but still teaching the kids. She's at the first grade level right now, but she's done all the way up to eighth grade. So that's cool. And then my one of my brothers, he's a teacher for an alternative school in Richmond, where they're helping, you know, the most at risk students who've been kicked out of the traditional public schools or private schools and kind of giving them a chance to, you know, reimagine learning in a way that's very practical and engaging. And then my youngest sister, she's the last one that's formally in education. She's a second year student at Old Dominion University studying primary education. So she's going to be the teacher in the family as, along with my mom and brother. And then uh, several other um, members of my family who are not formally in the education spaces, but they've gotten degrees in different fields, such as forensic science. One is in nursing. Um, one is a math so we're all kind of being and embodying steam but we're also family so we're able to you know have that family lineage of just how we're reimagining education together and then also separately in our individual lives and our fields that we're in wow so much of a product and a program is about the team and the voices yeah. at the table that bring it to life yeah and just describing the different walks of life, different career experiences, even just different levels of experience that your team brings to the table, even to have an administrator who has been in the classroom for 20 years and an educational student who's currently learning at the same time at the same table, that alone excites me. (laughs) And then when you, um, I mean, when you talk about your team at just how can the product not be great with those minds behind it? That's so exciting. And it's just such, you know, it's well vetted because we're not only bringing our unique experiences within the educational system, but just in general of like things that interest us. And so it's really cool that although we are family and people very strongly warn about working with family, um, we're able to kind of put that aside and then just create. And, And that's what we all love to do, being creative and creating. That is so awesome. Well, I think you need to tell us a little bit about how this all came about. Yeah, so actually I'm um, from Richmond, Virginia. And so as a, you know, growing up within the Richmond Public Schools educational system, I had a lot of opportunities just because my mom was an educator. And so around the time that I was in middle school, I had already been tunnel vision in becoming a lawyer. So all my teachers told me I was gonna make a great lawyer. My family told me I was gonna be the lawyer of the family. And I was content with that, but Um, When I was transitioning into middle school, I was able to go to the University of Richmond each summer and um, actually take the math and science classes for the grade up. So if I was a sixth grader, I was in seventh grade math and science over the summer. And there became a time where I just 
I was out of all of the classes to take because my mom, she also had us take summer school, even though we didn't need it, like as a remedial thing, she had us like take summer school for the grade up. So I was already advanced in school. Wow. And so they actually allowed me as an eighth grader to work in a research lab for one summer. <laughs> yes, wow. it was cool. really, really cool. I actually worked um, in Dr. John Warwick's lab at the University of Richmond, and we used fruit flies as a model for the brain. And so I was like, hold on. I didn't even know fruit flies had brains, let alone like they could be a model for the human brain. And so from that experience, I was able in a research lab to like, okay, the brain is really interesting. But then personally, um, at home, I was actually seeing my grandmother, she was starting to present signs of dementia. So I was like, whoa, this is like really crazy that we don't know much about this. And so from then on, it just kind of piqued an early interest in science. And I attribute all of this to the late um, Dr. Wade Robinson. He was like one of my first mentors and he actually ran the program that was called the Math and Science Investigators Program. He recently passed. So, it, you know, my heart is with him and his family as they grieve. But then also I know that I'm going to continue on his legacy of kind of getting students excited about STEM. And that's what he did for me. And so oh, he, he would be so proud. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I know. And he, he constantly told me that he was able to attend my college graduation where I, um, I did get my bachelor's of science in neuroscience. So he was there to see it. So I know he's very proud of the work that I'm doing now. And so with that being said, there's always been that interest in how to get people engaged in science in my own life. Even when I give my research talks, I'm constantly thinking about how do I relay this for someone who may have never, you know, really been interested in science? How do I get them and kind of convert them? I love converting people to, to <laughs> so they can like, you know, you're already a scientist, whether you believe it or not, like you're, you already are. And so um, that's what I did a lot going all the way through high school. And then I knew by the time I went to college that I wanted to study science. And so while I was a first year at William & Mary, I was able to start writing the curriculum for a program that I ended up calling STEAM Tricks. And so that was an in-person workshop where I partnered with my mom and we, she's the one who has 20 years of experience in education. And so she bought her you know, expertise in education and I bought my budding expertise in science at the time. And we worked together and we um, went to a boys and girls club in Richmond and we started to do these hands-on workshops with the kids. And um, it was really fun and it was really impactful. We were able to publish a peer review paper in the Journal of Research of STEM Education on like the efficacy of STEAM programming. And um, the kids loved it, the community loved it. But what we found, it was just very unsustainable because my mom and, and I, we actually both started grad school at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so there were just summers where we weren't able to do the in-person workshop. And so as I transitioned to my graduate program, I was able to meet Cameron Nelson, who now works for the Central Virginia Small Business, so, no, Small Business Development Center. And he strongly encouraged me to think about making the curriculum into a kit. And I, I really did want to do that, but it was just such a bad time with me starting grad school and all this workload and just all the transitions. And so the idea just kind of sat for about two years. But this past February, I enrolled in the Go Startup program, which is a, it's like an entrepreneur incubator program here in the city of Charlottesville. And over the course of a few months, they provided me with like all of the formal knowledge on starting a business. And that's where I really was able to birth theme kits and then actually 
you know, piloted. I sent out a, a few kits to different families from different age groups to get a lot of feedback. And now we have a, a website, we have a Facebook page, we have all the social media and like we're out there and we're really thinking of now, how do we even broaden the vision, broaden um, our kit uh, range and, and make sure it really meets the needs, especially as needs are changing. So it's like, how does this kit work in virtual learning spaces? How does it work in physically distant spaces? And how does it work at home with families like ours? Wow. You just told like the quintessential startup story of, <laughs> I saw a need, I wanted to fill it. I did my best to fill it within the parameters of my everyday life. And then I think a lot of people hit a wall there where they're like, I, I want to do more, but I have a grown up job and I have to do things and I don't. And so, but you didn't let that stop you. And now you're trying to make it bigger and turn it into something that can be involved with your everyday life and that can get bigger than just you, if that makes any sense. I find that super inspiring. Thank you so much, Sarah. I think you just put it in the simplest terms. And, and I love that because that's what I want to do. So it's, it's bigger than me. I found very early on that it wasn't enough for me to become a scientist. Like I needed more people to know that this was an accessible career that they could see themselves in and they could feel really empowered. And furthermore, I just want to tell people like, you're already a scientist. Like the PhD is just a title at the yes. end. You know? Like you already have the, the thought processes. You already have the natural curiosities to do this. You're doing it even in your everyday life. If you're changing up little things, like that is an independent variable that you changed. And, and based <laughs> off of that, you'll see the, you know, the differences. And so I, I love just kind of empowering people. And even through this business, I'm entering into a new space as an entrepreneur because I never really saw myself as one. But I think it's just so powerful for people to see me, you know, as a founder and to really give me that respect um, because it's not just enough for me to start this. You know, I don't want people to say, oh, it's this cute little thing. I want it to be like a competitive business that can really fill a need, as you said, that is just so vast um, in our educational space. Especially yeah. this year. Oh, yes. Like, um, it's so funny you mentioned that, especially this year, because sometimes I almost think like, did I predict the coronavirus? Like, did I, did, did <laughs> did I predict I this? Because <laughs> I was creating these kits at a time where I'm not going to call out any names, but there were several people that I went to to kind of get support. And they just said, that's not a problem. Like, they just uh. flat out told me like, nobody cares about that. And I was just like, but... But, 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 and then so it's like to find people that did really believe in me at the time, like Cameron Nelson. And also I had different mentors through the Go Startup program, came on row, Holly Lee. It was just so many people that just kind of supported me at the time where I was building something, but there wasn't that clear need. But now the need is visible. It's very clear. And there's no argument around um, whether or not this is a, a viable business model and um, a, a product that people really do need. Yeah. And I think that is such an important part of knowing that that's going to happen, especially if you're an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. because especially if you're not a typical entrepreneur. For right. instance, I also with Tech Girls, I tried to go through the entrepreneurship route and I was told that that wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a need as well, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. that's because the people who were looking at it didn't have that problem. Right. So that's why we need yeah. so many more diverse voices and people yeah. bringing their ideas to the table and having them taken seriously. And if they're mm -hmm. not taken seriously at one table, go get yourself to another table. 
Yes. And that's what I wish more people could hear what you're saying, Kim, because it's so true. That grit, that determination is really the the key factor of an entrepreneur. Although, you know, on the outside as women, and then for me as a woman of color, we don't really fit the mold of what people think an entrepreneur is, but the way that we think and the diversity of experiences and expertise that we bring to the table should be respected. And it's gonna take us just keep knocking on different doors and keep being at the tables. If they don't give us a seat, we bring our own seats, you know, and really just show up to these spaces to advocate Because the thing is, there's so much literature out there. There's so much research out there that shows that this is a need. Um, And there's so many different testimonials and experiences. If you you panel different women who are in these careers and hear their stories, you can see that there's a need. But a lot of people don't amplify those voices. Or even if those voices are amplified, many people don't give them the attention that they deserve. And then the people that are sitting on the boards and at the tables that are telling you that your product isn't viable will then turn around and say, we want to hire a diverse workforce, but I don't know. There just doesn't seem a diverse hiring pool. It's like, "Uh, actually, (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) And that's another um, thing that people like to say is like, those people don't exist, but we need to really further investigate. Um, There's this term that you guys are probably familiar with, the leaky pipeline. And so that was something that I first started my work off, although I hate comparing people to leaks, but um, (laughs) the analogy in itself does really kind of point to the issue that there is that initial interest. There is that initial curiosity. And funny, funny enough, there is actually where I think they said as early as second grade, young girls start to actually not be able to see themselves as successful in STEM careers. But they're outperforming male students. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you're doing better than the students who feel like, oh, yeah, STEM is for me. But you don't have those, you know, that self-concept or that self-efficacy that's positive in in those fields. And so we have to really think about, okay, where are students still interested in STEM? And how do we keep them and maintain that interest? I love that. (laughs) I know. That's so exciting. You're setting such an incredible example. (laughs) Wow. Yes. And that's the thing. It's like another thing about just seeing it, right? So for me, I never saw my first Black scientist or my first female scientist until later on, right? And so it's like, how was I able to not visually see it, but still see that me, you know, as a scientist and never think twice about it? I attribute it to, you know, my family and my strong sense of purpose and sense of connection and the different mentors that have advocated for me. But a lot of students don't have that. And so if I can be that mentor for someone, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, you can't be what you can't see. Mm -hmm. And it feels like you are single-handedly making sure everybody can see so they can be. I'm sure there's a better way to say that. No, that's perfect. (laughs) You know, put it out there, put it on a billboard so every kid knows that scientists don't look just one way. Right. No matter where it is, no matter who you are and what it is you want to do, there's a space for you. There's a path for you. There's a Mm -hmm. seat for you. And if you think there isn't, build your own because we're going right. to send you it to show you how. It's yeah. so cool. And I, that's why I think, you know, social media can be toxic, but it can also be empowering because what we're seeing now are so many movements where the diverse scientists are actually showing up and saying, you know, that whole concept that we don't exist is not true. We're here. And, you know, and it's like, how do we network? So I've seen um, different hashtags of like, 
black in blah, 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 or black in blah, blah, blah. And it's like different fields are really showing that black people or, you know, other people of color that are marginalized or people from the LGBTQ plus groups, they're coming out and saying, you know, hey, we do exist and we're in these fields and we can be that role model for you, you know, as students kind of look towards that. Yeah. Very so important. exciting. Yeah. Ooh. So can you tell us a little bit about what is in a STEAM kits? Yes. So our first curriculum uh, is called Ice Steam Boss. And so that's a play off of ice cream because when I developed the initial STEAM Tricks program, I thought about summer and what better spoke to summer for me in my personal experience was the ice cream truck. I haven't seen too many ice cream trucks here in Charlottesville, but in Richmond, they're all over the place. And so with the Ice Steam Boss kit, um, it has a series of five different activities that all integrate science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. And so with that, um, we are challenging whoever gets the kit. Now, so based off of the actual products and supplies that come with the kit, we are kind of pivoting right now to specifically look at the elementary and middle school age groups. But then we do want to broaden and, you know, integrate more things for the high schoolers. And some of my friends, so I'm 25, and some of my friends want a kit. And so we're (laughs) going to be thinking about ways that we can make it, you know, more rigorous for those age groups as well. But currently, the first activity challenges um, whoever is using the kit to become a scientist and actually create their own chemistry experiment, turning a liquid into a solid and make their own ice cream. And so we give all the supplies that are non-perishable. So we're also thinking about ways, how do we integrate, integrate like maybe a powdered form of the milk or something? Because we don't want there to be an uh, accessibility gap where a student doesn't have milk and they're just not able to benefit from the kit. So we're still thinking about how do we make that practical, but not, you know, it, it may be a little challenging to provide actual milk, but maybe, you know, like I said, a powder or something we can get. Um, but we do provide all of the other materials, like the bags that are needed. We even give a bowl and a spoon to eat the ice cream. So that's great. And then we also have the next activity is a, a more so technology and arts activity where they're challenged to make their own jingle for their ice cream truck company. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's really, cre- kids are so creative. So we have one kid in our in-person program actually make a spinoff of the uh, the classic man song. And he was saying, I'm the ice cream man. So he just really like went with it. Um, and we love to see kids like really get into it. We provide them with um, the lesson that really talks about the mathematics that are in beats and, and making music and all of that. And then also the arts and the performing arts of actually like performing this jingle and and really getting those kids excited. So for that activity, we give all of the cards that are needed to write the lyrics. And we also give a pair of earphones and we provide the beats um, on a USB. Oh, cool. And yeah, and then so for the engineering, um, we're actually challenging um, the students to use the design thinking and the engineering process to create their own prototype ice cream prototype of an ice cream truck. And um, it actually can move because it's balloon powered. So that's really challenging the students to, you know, put the truck together and then also to, you know, work with their mathematics skills to measure how far their ice cream truck can travel. And then they can go through a a series of iterations of how do we make it faster, like, you know, different things about that thought process. And then for the art 
exploration activity, we're challenging the students to become visual artists. So we provide the tools to do a self-portrait, um, a logo, and then we also get into a little bit of computer science on how, how could they code these things on their computers if they, if they have access to one. And then finally, we wrap up with our final activity, which does really challenge um, them to think about entrepreneurship a little bit more seriously. And through that, they're able to do a series of mathematical equations, um, learn about money and all of that. And, and they actually come out with a business plan for their fictional ice cream truck. And then they have to do like a pitch to really get people to, you know, support their vision. And so all in all, the activities are very cohesive. They each come with an extension activity that I didn't talk too, too much about but the supplies are there to really allow them to kind of make their own ice cream truck and kind of run with it. So, you know, if you do have that one kid that is really serious about this, they have the groundworks to start a real ice cream truck company after they finish the activities within the kit. We talk a lot about kids who see themselves limited and like they can't maybe explore science. But what I love is that you're also giving parents who maybe know that their kid wants to explore, but don't know how to get them there. Mm-hmm you're giving them everything they need to be their kid's biggest fan and and to be there. And this can become a family thing. Like you don't have to know how to make ice cream. You just buy the kit, let the experts do it and cheer your kid on and taste it. Even if it's not quite finished yet. (laughs) What a (laughs) gift to a parent or a grandparent or any adult or guardian in a child's life that wants to empower them. You don't have to have it all figured out. You you've done it for them. And that's the thing, we did all of the work on also the thinking about um, how can they take it and run with it? Because we do want to, because a lot of kids I've seen in the market, what I was doing my market research, they kind of lay everything out for you in a very robotic almost way Mm -hmm. where they take the creativity out of it. But in our lessons and our activities and the way we format the curriculum, it's truly a make your own adventure type thing. And so if you find that your child is less interested in something, after they do the activity, you may find that that is completely different. Like it was just the way that they were learning it in schools didn't interest them. So they really are interested in science or math. Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of how we wanted to do things. And I love how you said kind of a family experience because that's really what it is. We don't want a lot of other kids that I've seen in the market. The kid just kind of sits in a corner and and does it by themselves. We don't want that. We want to bring families back together and give them something that every kid at every level could truly be engaged with. Even those high schoolers that act like they're too cool for everything, like (laughs) they'll see their little sibling like playing with their kid. They're going to want to get involved too because they're really fun activities. And I know for myself, I am a just, I'm an ice cream person. Like I can eat ice cream in zero degree weather. So <laughs> I am always down to make ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really fantastic. What are your big plans? Like, what do you, what are, what are you, you know, what's your big vision for Dean Kits? Yeah, I would love to create an internship program for different levels. So not only are they just exposed to the different careers in STEAM, but also entrepreneurship very seriously in a way that I just know I wasn't exposed to or prepared for. I would also love to create a scholarship fund um, that provides scholarships for students to pursue their interests in different fields. Obviously, I would love to expand our kits to include more because right now we only have the ice cream boss kit, but the initial vision of the business was to make kits quarterly. And I do want to honor that at some point. 
but you know, this startup journey has not <laughs> been easy, especially during a pandemic, because a lot of things that I'm learning right now, I'm in the community investment collaborative course, and I'm learning about the number side because a lot of people like Kim and Sarah, you guys, you really hear my vision and you're just ready to support. But there are another group of people that only care about the numbers. And so I have to be able to communicate the numbers to them in a way that I just wasn't prepared to before I did the community investment course, collaborative course, which I'm almost a graduate of. We only have one week left. And so, yeah, I'm excited about that. So as I play around with the numbers and really think about the feasibility and the scalability of the company, I would love to create collaborations with school systems, nonprofits, out-of-school time organizations, and really start to sell these kits in bulk. And, you know, I still do want to provide kits for the individual family, um, but really have kind of a dual business model where we're not only, you know, providing kits one at a time, but shipping out a bunch of kits at once and really kind of almost like a warehouse, which kind of scares me because I'm like, how am I going to operate this and do all the things that I want to do within the science world? But it will definitely probably take me to hire some, you know, some team, some people that are within the business world and, and would kind of continue the vision and honor, you know, what I want the business to look like, but then also to really scale it in a serious way. Um, so make sure that we're competitive because like I said, um, one actually someone I talked to from the Central Virginia Small Business Development Center, Yolanda Harrell, she actually told me in one of our Zoom calls, she was like, the most powerful thing for people to see would be for you as a Black woman to have a thriving and successful business that doesn't just like become a flop, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I had to really think about that and, and be intentional about creating a scalable, sustainable business model that the people that are just passionate about getting kids interested in STEM would appreciate, but then also the people with the big money and the checks um, that can really help me scale will also see, you know, the efficacy and the efficiency of as well. Yeah, and I'm so I'm so glad you brought up the community investment collaborative because I think that there does need to be this. I don't know how to describe it. I think a lot of entrepreneurship is all about the money. Yes. Especially mm-hmm. out of Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's gotta be, there's gotta be a happy medium where it can be about doing good and making a profit and, you know, and that's what I'm all about. Like actually our, our vision statement is to make STEM and arts go hand in hand because I'm not a or person. I'm an and person. So mm-hmm. it's like, I want to do good and make an impact financially. Like I want to pursue science and still honor my artistic background, you know, and I I want people to realize that a lot of things you don't have to choose. And I I know I felt like I had to choose between, um, because I actually started off in dance and arts and music. I played violin. So I felt at a time early, like around middle high school, that I had to choose one or the other. And I couldn't honor you know, all of the parts of myself by going into science, especially like with it just being such a predominantly white and Asian male space. But now as I am more mature, I am being my unapologetic self in my science spaces. And I think that makes me a better scientist because I can communicate so well, because I am creative in the way I design my slides and my presentations. I am a better scientist because I've had all of these unique experiences and and because I want to give back to my community. Well, Marcy, you're just a, such a role model 
Uh, yeah, you're, like, you're a role model to me. You're inspiring. Yes. Me. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be on your platform. I love the work that you two are doing. So keep it up. Keep it up. Oh, we're, I'm, it is a big honor to hear that from you. So thank you. And we will link everything. So you can take a look at these beautiful products and follow on social media and just order, order, order. Holidays are coming up. Seems like a really great way to buy a gift for uh, the budding scientist in your life, right? Yes. And I just wanted to mention that by probably by the time before Christmas, we'll be launching a subscription model uh, whereas those who are not able to buy the full kit, they can just buy one activity at a time. And that will be a lot more affordable because we don't want there to be a hindrance to affordability for anyone. Very cool. Well, anything else, Mercy or Sarah, before we head off into our weekend? No, I just want y'all to have an amazing weekend, do some self-care. I know it's been a challenging week. It's been a challenging year. (laughs) So definitely um, enjoy you guys this weekend and stay safe, but also still maintain your joy and have fun. Well, now I want to go eat some ice cream. Oh, yeah. You got me thinking about ice cream. (laughs) That is self-care. That counts. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Mercy. Thank you. Well, until next time. Tech, love, and happiness.